Live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, it's time for Spirituality for Everyday Living with Melinda Vale. As the medium who makes a difference, Melinda and her guests discuss practical spirituality and how it makes an impact on our everyday lives. And now, here's your hostess, Melinda Vale. Welcome to Spirituality for Everyday Living. I have an amazing guest with me today. Not this little buddy, even though he's part of my guest. This is Believe a Buddy, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But I have this beautiful young woman with me who's just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. And her name is Kat Koshik. I think I'm supposed to say it like I'm sneezing. Koshik. <laughs> but you won't sneeze at this lovely young lady because she has a story to tell you. Welcome, Kat. Thank, Thank you, you for being with Thank me. Thank you for having me. So I want to talk about how Believe a Buddy came to light here. But, um, you know, I'm so excited to have you on the show for so many reasons, because in spirituality, we talk about affirmations, affirmations, affirmations. And you have a story to tell about using affirmations to get over a very serious accident. Tell me about the accident first, Yes. So I was 19 years old. I was a passenger in a dune buggy crash. Driver lost control. We ended up flipping like down a sand dune seatbelt malfunction, my body went off the seat about a couple of inches and slammed back down. So I shattered my T7, T8 vertebrae into my spinal cord and I was laying on a broken back for 24 hours before I was air vac to St. Joseph's Hospital in Arizona. And um, when the doctors did my surgery to remove the vertebrae from my spinal cord, they told me I would never walk again. So from the second I heard my diagnosis, I never believed in it. I said, nope, I'm going to be walking out of here. And um, I put an affirmation on my hospital whiteboard. And it said, cat will walk out of here, duh. And I repeated this affirmation over and over. And then about four weeks after my back surgery, I was really frustrated. I couldn't feel anything from my chest down like I thought I would be able to because I thought I was going to be walking by then. So I took all my energy and just started yelling at my big toe, big toe, move, big toe, move, big toe, move three times just like that. And then all of a sudden I felt this like spark of energy and my big toe moved a tiny bit. I mean, tiny, teeny, tiny bit. And I said, oh my God, I know I moved my toe. I did it myself. I had the doctors come in and they're like, oh, don't get your hopes up. It's just a twitch, like your spinal cord injury patient, like that, that's, that might not have been something that your brain did. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I know it was me. So every day I kept practicing my, um, like yelling at my toes until I can finally wave with my left toes. And I could just one by one, I can on, on demand, go forward, go backward, call the doctors. And I said, look, I did it. I'm doing this myself. And that's when they finally realized like, wow, this girl is actually moving her toes. So slowly after that, my left leg came back first, woke up first. And then about four weeks later, my right leg started to wake up. Mm -hmm. And then three months later, I ended up walking out of the hospital um, with a walker, slower than a turtle, but I walked. Mm -hmm. So, and it was all because I truly believed in myself. I said my affirmations, and I also did a lot of like really weird things that pop, like not a lot of people would think of. I would draw pictures of myself, 
and I would visualize nerves growing. So I would draw nerves growing from my spine to my feet. And every day I would wake up and I would just visualize like my spine healing, like white light, just healing my entire body. And I truly believe the power of manifestation, visualization, and affirmations, just the whole trifecta is mm -hmm. what had my body heal so mm -hmm. fast because it's a medical mystery. It's, you know, the three keys of life to me are, you know, affirmation, visualization, and meditation. Yeah. But, you know, you were in Mexico at the time. So yes. you were first sent to a Mexican hospital. Correct. After laying there for a while before anyone found you. Correct. While you were laying there waiting for somebody to find you, what, what went through your head, Kat? Did you, were you just in a state of shock or? I was, it, when they took me to the hospital in Mexico, my first thought was, uh, I thought, I'll be better in two minutes. Like it was just like a quick little accident. I'm going to be fine. And then, you know, the doctors started to threaten like with a knife, like we're going to cut you open. You're internally bleeding. And I was like, no, you're not cutting me open. Like, that's crazy. You haven't done any scans. You don't know. So that's when I started freaking out because they wanted to do all these things to my body that I don't think was right, like intuitively. And so finally they put me on a blanket and like a hammock, they swung me on an x-ray machine. One, two, three, boom, drop me on this steel x-ray machine. And I'm pretty sure that's when a lot of the damage started to happen because oh. I was dropped. So that's when my brain was like, wow, I was in so much pain. 45 minutes later, I couldn't feel from my chest down. So I think my spinal cord kept swelling. But it's interesting, not for one second did I think I was paralyzed, did I think I had a spinal cord injury because after this x-ray, the doctor comes in and he's like, there's nothing wrong with your x-ray. Why can't you move your legs? And I'm like, I don't know. I need help. Please get me out of here. And he's like, well, you can't leave here until you move your legs. So um, at that point, I was like, I think I was in such shock. My brain wasn't thinking. I was just like, okay. I was just listening. Like, okay, maybe they'll wake up later. And then, thank God, the next day, 24 hours later, this American Hispanic lady comes into the hospital and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. They're supposed to call me anytime an American gets injured. Nobody called me. I didn't know you were here. So she organized a uh, ambulance ride back to the border and um, the Phoenix, the Arizona Mexico border, and then that's when I was airlifted to St. Joseph's Hospital. Okay. You know, so interesting to me the way that you verbalize some of this because you know I'm a professional listener, yeah. right? And you say, and you've said a couple different times by telling me the story, they didn't wake up. I wanted them to wake up. So mm -hmm. in your own mind's eye, yeah. you were saying. Uh, they're not dead. Yep. I'm not that injured. They just have to reawaken. Yes. And I think that's a very powerful part of your story that that was your belief system. Like they just need to wake up. Yep. It's very, very, you know, interesting that you use that terminology. Your intuition was kicking in the whole time the, because obviously you've shared this story with me before. Yeah. Um, and um, I, my recollection of it is that your intuition was saying that you shouldn't have gotten into the dune, the sand dune, yes, dune buggy or whatever it's called. Anyway, and that you kept telling the driver to slow down, slow down. Exactly. I mean, this is what irks me the most. I knew from the second I got in that dune buggy, we were supposed to go from a restaurant back to our hotel. It was like a two minute ride, but the driver asked me, "Hey, do you mind if I go out in the dunes for a little bit?" I'm not into extreme sports. I'm not into fast cars or being in fast cars. 
And I knew I didn't want to go out in the dunes, but I was too embarrassed to stick up for myself. You know, I'm 19. I want to play it cool. And, but my intuition was like, don't do it. But so I told him like, okay, let's go. And then he started going really fast. And I asked him to slow down a couple times, but there was a point where he goes up a hill and I knew we were going to crash. So I closed my eyes and I said, dear God, this guy's got my life in his hands. Please don't let anything bad to happen to us. I remember that prayer like it was happened two minutes ago. Two seconds later, something happened to the vehicle. He either braked or slammed the gas. Something jolted the vehicle and that's when it started to flip. And I just remember as it was flipping, all this sand was like hitting my face. It felt like bullets were hitting my face because it was coming at me so fast. And then we landed and... The driver takes off, so I'm by myself in this broken dune buggy with a broken seatbelt, and I just, I just remember thinking absolutely nothing. I'm like, I just was in complete shock. So let's talk metaphysics for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, I do want to say the driver left her there, yeah. so hello, mm-hmm. okay. But, you know, a lot of people say to me, what's the difference between destiny and free will and your intuition if you don't listen to it and all those things so if you had listened to your intuition you wouldn't have gotten the dune buggy right but you didn't so you did yeah so the accident happened so was it then not your destiny to be paralyzed and while you willed yourself back (laughs) to waking up your legs Mm -hmm. because it wasn't your destiny do you think energetically that that played a part in it absolutely i i absolutely think that that is correct and i i just never saw visualize myself in a wheelchair but you know what a really odd thing is i specifically remember as a child when i was really little i remember this is the strangest thing i'll say out loud and i haven't said it to a lot of people i used to be so curious about what it would be like to be paralyzed ah yes and it's a really weird thought to have, but I used to think like, oh my gosh, like sitting down all day. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't understand what the mm-hmm. what extent of a spinal cord injury is. And I don't know why as an adult, I remember me vividly thinking that when I was a kid. So I'm like, whoa, like was this preordained or is it, was it supposed to happen? Um, so it's something I could just got the book goosebumps. Well, at least it was yeah. precognition. Yeah. At least you knew that you had two roads in front of you. Yep. You know, I, I always think it's like the Wizard of Oz and the Yellow Brick Road and the Scarecrow saying to Dorothy, well, you could go on this road yeah. or you could go on this yeah. road, right? Yes. And so maybe there was some precognitive feeling when you were a kid that you would have those two roads to choose from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The other thing that I love that you did is putting the affirmation on the board that cat will walk again, then you put D-U-H, duh. Duh. (laughs) It was a given. It was going to happen. It's very interesting because, again, prayers that are uh, prayers in absolutes are the prayers that come true. Yes. Right? And so that was like an almost an absolute, you know, for sure thing by putting that duh on there. And I bet you everybody that came in to see you would read that out loud yep. to you. So yeah. it was not only that it was a vibrational frequency for you to look at, but to hear when people came in. Exactly. And you know, I was so solid in the idea that I was going to walk again. So if when you're in the hospital, you have a lot of visitors. And at some point, like psychologists come in without asking you for permission. They just come in because that's their job. 
And the second, there's two psychologists I remember coming in. They're like, so now that you're in a wheelchair, like, and I was like, get the F out. Like, I do not want to talk to you because I don't believe in what you just said. Mm -hmm. And I was very firm on if anyone in this room doesn't believe that I'm going to walk again, I want you out of here. Because I only want the energy of people that are excited for me to walk again in my room. And that's how I lived my three months in the hospital was just very optimistic and yeah, there's so many people in there that thought I was delusional. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. they they really yeah yeah they, yeah. They, they I, yeah I'm did. sure they did. I'm sure they walked up poor girl. You yeah. know, yes. in such denial. Yes. You know, yes. I, yeah. I can I can understand that. Yeah. That I mean that would be normal from a psychology point of view. Yeah. Which again, you know, I often preach. You know, mixing psychology with energy work or metaphysics is yeah. the real way to get healed. Yeah. But you're 19 years old, Kat. Where the heck did you learn that kind of wisdom? Like, how did you do that at 19? You know, when I was 17, I worked for a company and my boss paid our entire team to watch The Secret. It was on our lunch break. And that movie struck me really hard. Like, I subconsciously, like, remember everything in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I thought about it when I was in the hospital, but all I could think of is like, if I could only see what's going on inside my body, I know I can heal it with my eyes. Like I just, that's, I don't know why I thought these thoughts. And then I didn't learn about Dr. Joe Dispenza until a couple of years later. And then we have a very similar story. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started thinking like, whoa, I was so intuitive about everything that I was doing. And there's actually a science like he studies to visualizing and like healing and brain chemistry that changes and all kinds of things with meditation affirmation visualization all of those things plus you're not flooding your body with adrenaline you're not flooding the body with fight or flight so you're not releasing the cortisol to continue the inflammation there's lots of to it for those uh, viewers that do not know what the secret is the secret is a book and then a video that was written by a woman by the name of Rhonda Byrne and she interviewed many people in the field of positive affirmation uh, there were uh, people that uh, talked about their journey. For example, uh, James Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul yeah. talked about putting a check on his ceiling um, for a lot of money so that his book would get uh, sold. He was visualizing it every mm-hmm. day. Uh, the Abraham Abraham uh, material, uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks were on there. Yeah. There are many interesting people on there, and it really talks about how to take energy and work it to the degree that you manifest your desires. Yes, and I also am a huge Tony Robbins fan. So one of my my friend, Lauren Howard, he came in with a couple Tony Robbins books and DVDs. And one of the books, it was called Awaken the Giant Within. Mm-hmm. Just that title, mm-hmm. mentally, I'm like, I'm gonna awaken the giant within. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna wake these nerves up, whatever's going on. And so all these little pieces of information, I just kept taking all the good stuff and just, visualizing and thinking and I would even there's a really funny um I don't know if you remember the show Robin Big but they're two best friends super funny Big no longer is alive sadly but um they did this really weird thing in an episode ironically when I was in the hospital they got onto this like um, it looked like a skateboard but it was for healing and they would like move their body like a little like fish slithering so I would lay in my hospital bed because it's a spinal cord injury. So like a lot of it is energy 
correct? Like from the brain. The kundalini, yeah. Yes. So I would like just move like a fish in my hospital bed and like just imagine all this energy flowing through my body. And looking back, I'm like, how did I know to do that? It was just very strange. Again. But I just, it's like my body just knew how to heal itself. I just had to do the things Surrender to, to it. Yes. You know, and not listen to the negative voices. It's really about a surrender process. Yes. Which again is something that, you know, we talk about all the time, even in Christian principles. It's uh, talking about a surrender to God or a surrender to Jesus or whatever yes. to allow things to be moved for you. But Correct. too many people are resistant and they don't surrender. Exactly. And the power of prayer. So I was born and raised in a hardcore Catholic family. Like, very, Me too. Yes. So um, my parents were at church when they found out that I was um, in, in the accident. And the second they found out, the whole church started praying for me. And uh, in the hospital, I just remember praying. I went to the chapel a lot and I prayed a lot. And it was just me talking to God every morning and, you know, talking to the universe. And I like that has that played a giant role in it, too. Mm -hmm. And it's just having holding on to that like faith and hope mm -hmm. that you're going to heal. And I just feel like your body will um, fall into that eventually. You just have to keep believing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kat has, do you mind if I share, Kat, about your walk? Yeah. Yeah. Kat has a pronounced limp. Mm -hmm. And even when I met her in um, my office building and we kind of met in the hallway and she was walking towards me, I said, oh, what happened? Because it actually looked like maybe she had just sprained her leg to mm -hmm. me or, you know, it didn't look like it was that kind of injury. It just looked like maybe she had done something recently. Yeah. I would guess, though, Kat, with that pronounced limp, it's a gift to others because they do ask and then you mm -hmm. can share yes. what happened and kind of, I guess that makes you a leader, a teacher, a, a, a guru to help people, um, the, the benefit of the limp, I would say. So, you know, I think about this often and I used to be extremely insecure about it. Like I would cry about it. I'd be like, oh, guys don't like me because I walk with a limp. That's the reason why we're not together. And like I had all these like thoughts in my head, but then a spiritual teacher told me one time, she's like, I just saw an angel put a bow around your leg. You have to see this as a gift because this is the gift that's going to keep on giving. It's going to change your life if you view it in that way. And then I, as I got older and more confident with myself, I thought, wow, if I was just another blonde and I had this story and I walked perfectly, nobody would ever ask me anything. And because I walk with a limp, People ask me all the time, and I spread this story of a miracle all the time to everyone, so it's like this impact that it's making on so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. And also, I think a lot of people make fun of me first. They'll be like, oh, did, who did you kick today, or did you fall skiing, or well, something? because sure, that's and how people do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then when I tell them, like, it's like, oh, wow, like, don't judge a book by its cover, because you have no idea what's going on with mm -hmm. that person. And now it's now I now it's kind of a game to me. Like it's I'll make up stories sometimes, sure. and it's, it's, it's you've it's got such fun. a good energy yeah. and attitude about. Yeah. But you know, I I I guess it's kind of the elephant in the room. If people yeah. don't ask, they wonder. So yes. you know, but it to me is such a great gift because yeah. you can tell your story, and then yeah. it, it's it's so amazing. Thank you. So tell yeah. me about Believe a Buddy and how yes. we made Believe a Buddy because this is the result. Yeah, this of is. this story. So it's funny. So going back to, I had that affirmation on my hospital wall, cat will walk out of here, duh. And you know, when you're in the hospital for three months, 
everyone's life goes back to normal. Like, I mean, everyone visits you in ICU, but you know, my parents had to go back to work. So my dad travels a lot for a living. Every other week he would come back to the hospital and visit me. He always brought me a new teddy bear. So my mom pinned all these teddy bears around the affirmation that I had in the hospital. And 15 years later, I'm in the shower last year and I'm like, teddy bear affirmation. I just blended this idea. I jumped out of the shower and I scribbled up a picture of a teddy bear with the affirmation on the belly. And I said, yep, this is this is going to be my company. So it's called Believe a Buddy. And this is Winston. His name is Winston because we want all the little kids to win. That's the first wow, three letters great. of his name. And he comes with affirmation cards. So the goal is with your child when you're like mom or whoever can shuffle uh, the affirmation cards, the child can ask, what do I need to hear today in order to believe in myself? Ah. So then they pick a card. Oh. And I just pick one. I am blessed. Mm -hmm. And then you put it in the belly of the bear. You can change your affirmation card. You can see it right here. You put it in the belly of the bear and you have your affirmation of the day. So my goal with the bear is to help kids believe in themselves just like I believed in myself when I was in the hospital. I believed in myself by using the power of affirmations. And I'm hoping that this helps little kids learn how to believe in themselves and boost their self-confidence. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. You know, um, I think that it's so important for kids to understand how to believe in themselves. They are bombarded every day mm -hmm. with all kinds of things that you weren't bombarded with even at your age, but certainly at my age, they, you know, they weren't. But this is just adorable. So Thank it's you. 52 affirmation cards. Yes. And when when the, these kids take Winston and see, you can see that it is Winston. Yeah, yeah he's not yeah. okay. You can see here that right now I can see I am blessed. So and he's really soft, and you just want to hug on him. So you know you can actually your child can go to bed also yeah. with their affirmation and sleep tight. I am blessed, mm -hmm. and it teaches self confidence and mindfulness. Exactly which is so important because unfortunately in today's world, I hear all the time mm -hmm. suicide stories where the person was bullied and, you know, um, the bullying started young mm -hmm. and it landed in such a manner that that person had low-grade depression all their lives. Yes. The most important age for to build your self-confidence starts at four. It's mm -hmm. between the age of four and 11. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing things to help build self-confidence, like positive affirmations in the morning and at night, that's going to help your child develop that self-confidence. And maybe if they are being bullied, they can stick up for themselves. I'm like, no, that's my shoes are cool. Yours aren't. Or, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like it just gives, it empowers children to um, really believe and with not their hearts. Yes. With that the brain in their heart, because mm -hmm. that's the most significant brain that we have really is our heart brain. Exactly. So and that's fantastic. Yeah. And even with social media, there's so much comparison. There's so much like they have so much more to deal with than we did when we were little. There's Absolutely. a lot coming at them. So anything that we can do to make them as strong as possible, that's all I want for the next generation. Absolutely. Now you shared something with me. We happened to come up to the studio together on the elevator. Some exciting news about um, some people that are utilizing that. T yes. Tell us that's 
about that? Yeah, so I'm doing partnerships with a couple different foundations. Like the first one in, here locally in Arizona, Giving Goodness Foundation, we're actually donating bears to kids that have been bullied in October for Bullying Awareness Month. And then 100 uh, Believe a Buddy Bears are going to a children's hospital in Baltimore alongside Brave Gowns, uh, which are these cute little children's hospital gowns that say like, I am brave on them. They have affirmations on them. Mm -hmm. They're really cute. So a lot of hospital partnerships. Um, so I'm excited to get these in little kids' hands. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why we just wanted to make Believe a Buddy like nice and soft and like no electronics in there. So it can be with kids in hospitals because you just never know with whatever technology they have in there. We don't want anything to intrude or, or interact with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, you know, stuffies are so important to kids. Yes. They really are, mm -hmm. especially little boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Little girls outgrow them like seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. boys are like, I want to take my stuffies with me until they're 12. Well, I was 19 years old, and I was in the hospital sleeping with a teddy bear every night because mm -hmm. it truly does bring me comfort. And, um, I, I mean... Even like think of Valentine's Day, you know, you could be 40, 50, 60 years old. And if your man or significant other gets you a teddy bear, it's still the most exciting true. gift. That's it, very it, true. It's, just, it's a so sign cute. of it's a universal sign of love yes. and comfort. So you're absolutely right. Yep. So you're using that. Your parents must have just freaked out. <sighs> How did they go on this journey with you? Dad's bringing you a bear every other yeah. week. And, I mean, are they the kind of people that are always positive? Do they believe in that oh right gosh. from the start? Or? You know, my parents are, they're incredible. My mom, very godly woman, like she's, power of the prayer, prayer is everything. And, you know, they both go to church and that's, you know, spirituality is huge for them. Mm -hmm. And they were just so positive about it in front of my face. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I heard from other family members, like they were struggling too, but they never wanted me to see that because they just wanted me to, you know, concentrate on my healing and not worry about them. Even though like sometimes I did worry, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're hurting too. And, you know, you look into their eyes sometimes and they're like, just try to keep it together. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it was hard, but now it's, it's good. So the, pictures that you drew also hit a different part of your brain yes. you know when you're when you're journaling it helps when you're writing things down it helps when you're you know when you're writing your affirmations mm -hmm. i've had the same affirmations for years my first affirmation has always been i am a pure instrument of spirit my second affirmation has always been i love people and they love me oh. those are my two affirmations that i've said daily for 35 years so, um, you, you know, the idea is to get affirmations that you remember that you use all the time. You can't use one affirmation one day and one affirmation a different day. They have to be consistent, specific enough, yet broad enough to give room to the universe uh, in order for the universe to give you the gifts of those affirmations because you might limit your idea of what you can have, okay, by your affirmations. So, you know, I'm a pure instrument of spirit means that whatever way spirit wants to use me, yeah. it, it's the way that they want to use me, right? And if you were driving with me, because I'm a New Yorker behind the car wheel, yeah. you would know that I don't always love people. Yeah. <laughs> they love me, but I have to put that out every day, right? Yeah. Because that's what I want to practice. Wow. So, um, you know, but the extra part of visualizing, imagining it, mm -hmm. writing it, you, have to you know, making it. it an active thing yeah. is also significant. You can't just do the affirmations. Exactly. You know, anytime that I visualize something in my head, I have to visualize it. Sometimes I have to put music on or something that will put me in that emotional state. 
but I will visualize it and like I have to feel it in my heart because I feel like if I don't feel it in my heart, I'm like not doing it right. Mm-hmm. So I have to feel it. So I, my affirmation, I always say, I'm, I am a magnet for miracles. Mm-hmm. Like that's my favorite affirmation. I am a magnet for miracles. Um, and I just- it's a wonderful affirmation. Yeah, they're cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I really want to feel it in my heart. Like I always think of Joe Dispenza. He's like, you have to f- see it in your mind, Feel it in your heart. You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the mistake is made often. Doesn't mean that Kat didn't cry, everybody. Oh. Doesn't mean that she didn't have times where she was like, why me? Yes. Doesn't mean that her ego wasn't present at times. Mm-hmm. It just means that on a daily, she picked herself up by her bootstraps, as they say, and oh, yeah. spent some time working through it. it and, you know, yeah. so it's not about not feeling your emotions, is it, Kat? No, you yeah. have to process, you have to grieve. And, you know, there's a little bit of that. I was young and I was trying to stay so positive and like keep moving forward. And then five years later, all of a sudden, I'm like, all this stuff came out from under the rug. And then I had to go get, you know, some help and figure out, you know, why am I having these thoughts now? And it was because I put everything under the rug. So now mm-hmm. I've learned like, we're meant to process. Like, don't hold your tears in. Get them out. Right. Get it all out right. of your body. And so you had to work out the PTSD yes. from the whole thing. Oh gosh. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, Kat, geez, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. So now tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Winston. Yes. What they need to do. To- so you can shop and get yourself a Winston. www.believeabuddy.com, and you can follow my Instagram at sign believeabuddy. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you once again, Kat. You are just amazing. And you certainly have my heart. Oh, you have mine. You've helped me so much too. You're incredible. So it's great to be in your presence again. Thank you. This is Spirituality for Everyday Living. I'll see you next time.